Welcome to the Queen City Preachers Podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. And we're delighted to have you joining us here as we're rolling through Advent. We're rolling through Advent. It's been a it's been a gloomy few days. Yeah, and there's a snowstorm on the horizon, maybe. You know what? I'd rather maybe. there was a snowstorm than this yeah. constant gloom, you know? The gray. Yeah. All yeah. I need something. Some excitement, some it whether in the form of a snowstorm or sunshine, I'll take either. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh so whatever you all need, um <laughs> may it come your way. But uh it's dark and gloomy and I'm going to have to purchase one of those sad lamps. Happy lights. I yeah. know. They 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 do help. Yeah. Um, I don't have one. I should get one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I find that almost any light is helpful. Like yeah. like just having some brightness mm-hmm. um i love twinkly white like lights on houses and christmas lights mm-hmm. trees and yeah. oh yeah i love a christmas light yeah my christmas tree's been up for a while now so yeah and she shall so. be up until epiphany beyond probably the end of january i was like before i mean the <laughs> the old rule used to be uh, the joke among clergy was that well, as long as you get your tree down before Lent, you're okay. Because <laughs> yeah. hey. the reality was that, like, just in the busyness of the season, sometimes mm-hmm. some of that just didn't happen. Let's normalize and, winter trees, you know? And it's also just kind of nice having the lights up. As mm-hmm. long as it's not a fire hazard, it's not a real tree, it's you're not a fine. Real tree. I'm good. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And my cats love it. They love climbing that thing, you know? So it's a new cat toy, too. Yeah, it's a win-win for everybody. Let's normalize winter trees. Winter trees. All right. You want to decorate decorate your house with a winter tree? It's okay. Yeah, yeah. It only it only is a Christmas tree if it's Christmas time. It's then it true. becomes a winter tree. And in reality, I mean, if we really, if we wanted to leap into the fullness of Protestant Reformation and just mm-hmm. be like, well, every Sunday is a Christmas and an Easter. Ah, so all year. But you could you do know, it all year. I mean, which is a little funky in the middle of the summer, but you, you know, don't whatever. need it come no. like springtime and summer. Though. But in the winter, I mean, yeah. To be fair, we leave up lights and mm-hmm. stuff like that through most of the winter. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it feels good. Mm-hmm. All right. So. Well, this has been a public service announcement. Yeah. If so. you need that Christmas tree <laughs> up until March, you live your best life and yeah. just do it. Yeah. As you long know? as it's not real and not like a tinderbox. Um, that is one. In which case, yeah. please d- do the responsible thing. And if, if you do have a fake one, you can always, you if you do have a real one, you can get a fake one too. And when you take down the real one, you can put up the fake one. There are so many possibilities, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> which brings us to births and babies and Jesus and Mary, uh, Mary also and Elizabeth seeking out what she needs in a difficult time. There, there you go. Right? Segway. Do you need light Segway. in your life this dark season? Mary needs Elizabeth in her life during this. They need each other. Difficult season of pregnancy. Yeah, yeah. So this text. We kind of touched on this two weeks ago. Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. It right? was, yes. Yeah, that um, that we're kind of now we're picking up. So last week, it's it's been kind of interesting. It's actually funky because Molly, Pastor Molly and I trade off preaching. I've ended up with two Matthew texts. She's ended up with two Luke texts. I'm sorry. So, no, but what it means is we get to continue where we left off. This is true. Which is, yeah. is kind of nice in some ways. But so um, we'd previously heard about Mary hearing... Um, and being asked, essentially, asked, told, depending how you mm-hmm. navigate it, right, that she's going to have Jesus. And last week, we dipped back to Matthew, and Joseph heard, this is all happening. Mm-hmm. And now we're back, and now it's Mary Here's knows, and now we're talking about Mary with Elizabeth. It's like a delightful little sitcom with lots of different perspectives. We're just kind of getting everyone's hot take on what's going on. Somebody should seriously do a remake of this, right? You know? 
Yeah. Like contemporary, uh-huh. but like change all the names and then just see if anybody notices. Okay. We'll start working on that production. <laughs> That'd be fun. But anyway, we are now, as Pastor Andrew said, in the first chapter of Luke. We're skipping around a little bit. Um, I think I'll just read it through because I'll in- I'm going to include the Magnificat in our reading that we do right now. Um, but the, um, what am I trying to say? The liturgy that we are using does split up the which beginning is, and end parts with the Magnificat gets taken out to be the psalm. Which is actually, for all you fun fact people out there, this is actually a fairly traditional use of the Magnificat during Advent season. Mm-hmm. Is it often, especially if the lectionary text does not include the Magnificat, the Magnificat is often um, used as a, in place of a psalm mm-hmm. because it is a psalm in the sense that it is a song, it is poetic. Um, mm-hmm. so just, it's pretty rare that we have in place of a Psalm, something that isn't a Psalm, but this is actually a pretty standard use. Yeah. Um, the an- annunciation the annunci- as well. Yeah. The annunciation can be used that way too, but the, the Magnificat really is the, the, uh, the one that's used the most. Okay. So. All right. Um, so we're in Luke chapter one, verse 39. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and he sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. All right. That's such a great like um, little end cap for it. It feels a little out of place, but... When it's you nice. think about how it starts and how it ends, there is this like rejoicing amongst community at the gift of new life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As an overarching theme for the text, especially when you um, like ours does, it kind of it cuts out the beginning, the, the middle Magnificat. So it very much becomes um, more about relationships, Mary's relationship with Elizabeth and Elizabeth's relationship then with the entire community who are happy for her. Yeah. And. You know, I was thinking like that it's really interesting because there's just thinking about um, births and like 
um, Mary and Elizabeth being together in community, but also the rejoicing at John's birth Mm -hmm. um, at the end of that passage. Just thinking that like the state of the world that they entered into, that these kids are being born into is not necessarily incredibly exciting, hopeful, joy filled. Mm -hmm. It may be that the norm is that we don't know if this child is going to live beyond birth. Yeah. Right, like that. There's a lot of trepidation in this, and yet here there is also joy. Mm-hmm. And I think that to me, one of the things that's really powerful is thinking about that we don't necessarily have quite that same anxiety in the Western world mm-hmm. with medical care and attention that you know folks maybe. I mean, Somalia right now is dealing with famine and stuff like that. Like the folks yeah. are dealing with elsewhere in the world, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like how do we? engage that narrative of that joy is being spoken into the midst of absolute uncertainty and that it's that that it's done so in community yeah and that the community needs it but also um they echo it right Mm -hmm. that like and i don't know like i'm just chewing on it and thinking like what does that mean for us today in the world we currently live in yeah i really like what you said there the joy is happening amidst absolute um, uncertainty. Uncertainty. Yeah, there is so much uncertainty. I was thinking about that with what you said about Joseph last week, and yeah, you know, like him trying. He's he is trying to do the right thing, right by the law. <laughs> he is. Um, but uh, but like what he's carrying with that too, like the hurt and the betrayal, and you know, because his probably first assumption is, oh, Mary's pregnant, like she's been with someone else. Right, yeah. For whatever reasons, you know, like they're just carrying so much uncertainty and doubt and shame and unknowing. And and and, anxiety about mm -hmm. what does this now mean, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Yeah, and as you know, when it's the first baby, it's like it's very scary, right? Oh, and it I is, mean, it it's is the first for both of these women, too. It's the first for both of them. They're also Elizabeth. This is later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which God forbid the, the term back then didn't exist. Geriatric pregnancy. But like that, that paranoia <laughs> of of like, can my body do this? Is this going to be OK? Um, that there's a whole nother layer of anxiety. Yeah. How old is Elizabeth? We don't. Do do we totally know? I mean, she's probably not that old, but like at the I, same time, for some time, reason, like, I'm imagining her like Sarah age, but like she's it can't li- be right. She's Mary's cousin, so that seems unlikely. Yeah, do you maybe think she's in like her forties or fifties? I don't know. It's an, that's a, it's a really interesting question. I I would I mean the way that I would perceive it is that like is that Mary's a teenager and Elizabeth is in her thirties, <laughs> like or twenties. <20s, laughs> Ouch! Right, but like, but yeah. that she's. That she's beyond when most people think she should have had a child, according yeah. to society. Because she's not, like, past her, like, ability. She's just barren. That's her description, right? Right. So it means she's that, like, they're, they're like, why haven't you had a kid yet? Like, mm-hmm. And so, which means that that's weighing on her. That yeah. society, that the pressures of family. And, yeah. Which, you know. And honestly, if you haven't, like, conceived in your peak fertile years, what's the likelihood you're going to conceive in your late 30s? It's a lot harder. It's yeah. a, you know, I mean, it's it's. In general, it's a miracle that kids are born. Um, but like it <laughs> Sometimes, really is. yeah. But like, but I think that the other piece to this is that it's just thinking about um thinking about that we don't talk about infertility, we don't talk about those challenges as a society. Mm-hmm. Now translate this back on a society where shame is even at a higher level, yeah, related to identity with fertility mm-hmm. um and worth. Um 
and all of a sudden what does this mean in a different way? I mean, like, I think I mentioned this like two weeks ago, like it dawned on me, this leaping for joy of John in her womb is also a sign that John's still alive. Yeah. Yeah. I remember right? you saying that. And that like, I'm kind of like, what is it that like, that Mary's presence allows Elizabeth to like, oh my gosh, it's still okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. And I right? like that to, reassurance yeah. of joy rather than the foreboding dread of like, I mean, who knows how much, I mean, we don't we don't know this like but she may be barren she also may have had miscarriages yeah she for may sure. have had a stillbirth like we mm-hmm. don't know what she's experienced in reality yeah like um we don't know what this story means to her and what what john means but also what jesus's presence yeah in that and means i like that it's so. I like that it's so much more than like the words that are spoken, right? It's this feeling that comes from within, right? There's oh, I love that fullness. it's a description of like of body. Yeah, there's right? this it's full not... embodiment of it, and that yeah. like is so wonder, such a wonderful reflection of the Emmanuel, God with us. That even at the very beginning, what was the sign of God's presence was this like inhabitation of the body of Mary and the joy like experience within Elizabeth's womb and the child leaping for joy. Yeah. But it's something so um, fulfilling and something so deep and meaningful that it can't really be, it can't easily be expressed in words. There's first is just this fullness. There is. And anybody who's anticipated a child or bore, bore a child and has felt the child move in the womb um, or has been, you know, ushered to share in that sensation from Mm -hmm. outside knows that there is, it's an indescribable Mm -hmm. sensation in many ways because it's, it's delightful. It's surreal. It's just, it's weird. It's yeah, it's weird, (laughs) but it's also, it it is so joyous and amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I wonder if in some ways, you know, that's, I'm not saying go there with the sermon by any means, but I, I'm really it'd be really interesting to think about this passage through and through that embodiment lens mm-hmm. and thinking about what does it mean for us to actually embody joy? Yeah. And and how what does that look like in worship? Mm-hmm. But what does it look like during this season when our bodies are mostly run ragged doing yeah. everything? Yeah, I think we can both attest for feel and just kind of blah. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like, but like what, what does it mean to reclaim that and to feel that again? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to have a child inside of us flipping around. No. But at the same time, what is it? Is it butterflies when music comes on? Or we were talking earlier with a colleague about um, Christmas movies. Is it like the remembrance (laughs) and the silliness? Like, I mean. Is it Elf? Is it Muppet Christmas Carol? Like, what are the <laughs> things that embody joy? Is it cookies? Like, where do where? Because in some ways, and I guess I'm thinking that in some ways, so many, so much of the things that we associate with Christmas are physical, mm-hmm. right? And there's sensations the smells, that are physical: the smells, the, the sights, the sounds, the tastes. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a full experience. The one of the, <laughs> well, here's my podcast. Rabbit hole. Okay, oh, all there's right. always a podcast rabbit yeah. hole. Um, probably no podcast for this Sunday sermon. We'll, we'll okay, do a little right, different. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but one of the thing ones I was listening to was like, how do you get ready for like the holiday season? How do you get ready for Christmas? And 
one of the person's recommendations was think about site last. Like think about all the it was about how do you get your home ready, essentially. Huh. Think about site last. Put everything else first. What are the smells you want to smell during the holiday season? What are the things you want to taste during the holiday season? How do you want to feel during the holiday season? You know, and then because and then think about it was it was part of it was like, don't worry so much about all the trinkets and the things that need to get out, you know. That's interesting. Think cuz those are the last things that you'll notice really when you enter a home. What you really notice is how does it feel first, right? It's true. And mm. and what does it smells, smell? Smell smells, like, yeah. You no. Know? I mean, for me, so fun fact. So I have a little diffuser here in my office mm-hmm. and uh I have uh Douglas fir essential oil. Mm, nice. Um because I lo- I'm from Oregon and it reminds me of the woods, but it also reminds me of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just a drop of that in a diffuser, mm-hmm. all of a sudden I feel like I am in the woods or I'm also, I feel that sense of like being in a house with a Christmas tree that's freshly mm-hmm. cut. Yeah. Like there's. Those are the smells of the season. Right. Mm-hmm. That's and the so nostalgia. Like, yeah. Nostalgia. And, mm-hmm. and that brings around a physical feel, right? Yeah. There's a. A comfort, uh, yeah. Which and may, there's yeah. almost a hopefulness that comes along with that, right? And expectation, oh, yeah. because part of the hope, part of the connection does, with hope I do not is feel sad when I smell it. Smell that smell, good. Because right? I feel sad when I smell your licorice one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's do more of that, Douglas Fir. <laughs> All right, duly noted. What not to put in a diffuser when Molly's around. Um. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so yeah, Mary but, and Elizabeth, right? But thinking about um, Mary and Elizabeth was thinking about, and maybe this is this is in some ways um, tying this communal into community is the is is raising the question too of what are the physical pieces that also draw us together in joy, not just mm-hmm. the ones that remind us personally, yeah, but are the ones that work with us in community. And some mm-hmm. of that, like I think about, you know, lighting an Advent wreath and an Advent candle. I think as a community, we see that and there's, it's a reminder of what season we're in. It's a reminder of those words of hope, love, peace, joy, right? right? Like it, it brings that back. There's a physical, there's that physicality mm-hmm. to it. Um, I don't know. That's yeah. just. And, and I think, can we be joyful for something that is outside of us? Right. Because the community finds their joy at the end with Elizabeth giving the child, right? Bearing the child, right? It's that whole blessed to be a blessing thing, right? Where somebody else's joy can become your joy too. Yeah, and you, what you just said totally triggered in me this thought of mm-hmm. does Elizabeth's joy also allay Mary's anxiety? Mm-hmm. That Mary is here in oh, pregnant, yeah. doesn't expect to be, has just heard all this from the angel. She visits Elizabeth. She's probably like, I mean, let's, if she's in her first trimester, she's probably miserable. She's probably feeling sick. Mm -hmm. She's not doing great. And what does Elizabeth do? Elizabeth shares with her joy. Joy. Of Mm -hmm. what pregnancy can be, what birth, what Mm -hmm. new life is. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, what you made me think of is like, can we take other, other people's joy? I can mean, not not in. steal it, but like, share in others. can we share yeah. in it? And can and what does what can that do for us? Mm-hmm. And can we share our joy with others? Yeah. 
in the same way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that, too, is something to look at when we are in the midst. I mean, we've both been watching this The White Lotus show. <laughs> Uh, which is on HBO, by the way. Yeah. Um, so it's. But one of the things is that there's this very interesting distinction between these two couples. And one of the couples is very like worldly and they, you know, they're like the news readers and they know what's going on globally. But they're very like sad. Right. Right. They're sad and they're depressed and they don't really like each other that much. And the other couple is a little bit naive. Um, but finds joy. But so joyful and like. You know, at least um, visually in love with each other. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, but I was thinking about the couple who like, where was I going with this? We were talking about sharing joy. Oh, sharing joy. Yeah. But it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in that. Like the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Everything's awful. There's been so many gloomy days. It's miserable. I'm so stressed. All of these things. Right. To let it just build and build and build. And yeah. yeah. And just to, to, to like dump the laundry list of things that are, you know, not joyful. And I think that really gives us this connection. Like you were saying at the beginning to what's going on in the world of Jesus and Mary and yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah. Right? It's not a world that you would really want to bring a child into for many reasons. So joy in the face of uncertainty. Yeah. And- Within community. Within community. And how yeah. do you how do you dig deep to feel that within your soul, right? The deep inward joy mm. that is mm-hmm. bigger and greater and that is more all-encompassing. It's not just being happy, right? It's not just being like, oh, I'm feeling really happy today. You know, one good thing happened. The joy is much deeper, right? It is that leaping in your womb. It is that from the pit of your stomach, the the bubbling up in your heart, right? Where does that joy come from and where do you have to find that? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, in this season, it's in some ways, that's a, that's a spiritual question of Mm -hmm. reflecting on our faith and on where, where do we find Christ? Right. Mm -hmm. But I'd add, I'd add there's, there's also a psychosocial (laughs) connection to that of how do we permit ourselves joy Mm -hmm. in a world when, Sometimes it feels so much easier that that how how can we give ourselves that permission when the world is so heavy? Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that uh, that sometimes the default is to brush aside joy and not to sit in it because there is so much other. Or you feel guilty about it. Or feeling it, right? guilty, yeah, yeah, that shame about feeling yeah. good. There's um, another scene later yeah. on where this younger couple is like, they're all in. Italy, right? Yeah, they're, they're in Sicily, Italy, yeah. Sicily, Italy, and he's like, "The world's not terrible. Look at the beautiful place you're in, right? Like, yeah. look around yeah. you, right? Like, just take a moment to look around you, right? Yeah, there's so much both and, and I think this is such a permissive um, gospel text in a way, right? I mean, it's a bigger message, right? Of Jesus is coming. Well, and the Magnificat is also is that this joy is also ultimately wound up in justice and all these other big things, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a whole nother like conversation, but yeah. um, But just like, how do you just take a moment to look around you and find that there is so much expectant joy, even in the midst of things that are bad and evil? Yeah. Or even just, I mean, our longest night worship service is next, next week. Um, Mm -hmm. and even just in the sorrow and grief, like I think about those who have lost loved ones this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is the first Christmas tide missing. 
mm-hmm. them, not having them present. Um, and how do you honor that sadness, mm-hmm. that pain, that grief, but also how do you let yourself still feel joy and acknowledge that that doesn't undercut the loss, right? Because I think sometimes we say, I can't be happy because so-and-so, so-and-so is not, not here. And in reality, so-and-so probably be like, but still be happy. Mm-hmm. Like, And so I think like some of it is how can we, that maybe in some ways what I'm taking from this is, is Mary and Elizabeth and Elizabeth are permission giving mm-hmm. to each other for joy. Yeah. And how can we be permission givers to each other, to one another as a community mm-hmm. this season mm-hmm. to find joy yeah. or to embrace it, whether it be our own or somebody else's? Exactly, or, right? If yeah. you need to rally as a community around one person's joy, then hey, <laughs> jump right in because that's what the community does with Elizabeth, right? <laughs> Seriously. You know? <laughs> they do. They're like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's beauty in that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's. It's okay. The hope of a child can bear more than just the joy for a family. I mean, I think about that like, I mean, Teo turns 15 months today. Um, Mm -hmm. And like, I think about it that like, in some ways, one of the things that I love about witnessing the so-called public life of my 15-month-old in the sense of Facebook, (laughs) but also just in in the interactions with people Mm -hmm. periodically, is how much joy he brings other people. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, I know how much joy he brings me, Yeah. but like the witnessing that with others. You're blessed to be a blessing. Right? Yeah. And talk about a little kid being blessed to be a blessing. Like, <laughs> like that is a, yeah. and that he has no idea that he's even doing it, mm-hmm. but that that is something that, that, so I, I think like the, to me, that's one of the things like thinking about, like, it's okay to embrace that. Yeah. Like it all, he's almost just like somebody else. compelled yeah. to do it. Right. It, to like be we're... who he truly is in that sense. And that's what brings joy. And yeah. I, I love like when Elizabeth, when Mary visits Elizabeth, she like hears Mary's voice. And then all of a sudden the child leaps. And then all of a sudden, like she's filled with the Holy Spirit and she's right. proclaiming the truth about who the baby is. Right. Yeah. There's this like compelling nature to it that is pulling us. Right. Where everything else just kind of slips away. All the things that aren't important, all the questions she could have asked just slip away. I mean, it's and like, there's only joy right? left. Right. I mean, it's like it's like falling in love for the first time or mm-hmm. any time, really. But like, generally speaking, most people get sick of the people that have fallen in love with each other because that's all they can talk about. Like, because <laughs> it is so exciting. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, it's the same with new parents. Like, we just talk about our kids. Yeah. But like, but at the same time, like generally speaking, when things are really joyful, yeah, we you're feel compelled. Just, mm-hmm. You're con- they're all it consuming. Moves us. Yeah. And as I, the child moves within the womb, so it moves <laughs> us. <laughs> but and I think the question the question is, can we can we give ourselves the grace to move? Mm-hmm. Can we as a community move with one another, even if it's not the movement that we were expecting mm-hmm. or that we even want? But can we can we dance? Can we join the dance that others are doing? Because they're, it's there, mm-hmm. even if we're like, dang it, I was really wanting this. But like, yeah. can you still, can we capture that joy? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I like it. Yeah. You know what? I, Leaning into this. And it's not a concise message, but I think that's, I think that's what we need. We need people just to be like, let everything else fall away and find the moment of joy. Yeah. Because even if it's just for a moment. It's like, okay. Or a an hour a day yeah live into that this christmas season the sorry podcast moment too 
The other thing <laughs> they were talking about was like, you know, like the beginning of December is a lot of like preparation for Christmas. It is. And how yeah. in the next two weeks, the week before and the week after Christmas, the lead up to New Year's, how do you let yourself just like enjoy the season, right? Well, and the reality is in the church year too, I mean, we don't really, Epiphany is the 6th of January. Yeah. That there's two weeks got practically. 12 days. Yeah. <laughs> right. But like that, that the joy is supposed to be extended, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and I think that that's one thing to to name for ourselves too is to is to ask that question of can we rest in it without having to be building it and then deconstructing it mm-hmm. right like and yeah. i kind of reference i kind of re- referenced that in my sermon on sunday like that mm-hmm. we we work so hard to try to smash a home run mm-hmm. with like christmas and nail it mm-hmm. um but in reality mm-hmm. we never do it's the it's those moments that come in through the course of a dream right i mean that like that that we will work our socks off to do it but like mm-hmm. in some ways i think like but that's part of it too is often we work really hard we get a day or two and then it's like and on to the next piece yeah mm-hmm. and i wonder if some in some ways maybe some of this is also is saying can can we let ourselves rest in joy mm-hmm. that this is not just a one moment thing but this is in in well, in reality it's in all of life but it's also yeah. in it's a season. At least let so, it sit for yeah. Christmas and Epiphany. Right. right? Christmas tide. <laughs> you don't need to be sad so. until Lent. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, you know, it's... <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> don't worry, folks. There will be downers. Give um, yourself some joy until... Give yourself some joy. February 20-something. 22nd. Ashley 22nd. Okay. Um, sh- yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that note, uh, embrace, fi- find that joy, embrace it, hold mm-hmm. it, um, whatever it is this year. Um, and yeah. And, and, you know, I, as one parting thought, um, whether you are here locally, whether you are far away or somewhere else, um, maybe this is also an opportunity to remember that joy is found in community mm-hmm. and whether that means a, a worship service on Sunday, a coffee shop on an afternoon, um, a gathering of friends or a gathering of family. Mm-hmm. Um, remember that it's okay and it's worth being in community for the sake of joy, and that that exists. Um, that church, church in and of itself, um, the ecle- ecclesia, the origins of the word church, are about people being summoned. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some ways, that is what we are being. We are being summoned for joy. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, I encourage yeah. you, summon yourself and summon others and find find that space mm-hmm. wherever it is. So I anyway. Like Very good. On that note. Good parting remark. <laughs> on that note, thanks for being with us. You've been listening to the Queen City Preachers podcast. I'm Pastor Andrew. And I'm Pastor Molly. Be well, friends. <laughs>